I will begin by discussing uh, Dolores Calderon's uh, settler grammars, um, this concept of using uh, discourse um, that uh, social studies uh, textbooks and uh, curriculum use uh, certain dialects to create a, an absence presence of Native Americans. Um, and I'm bringing this reading in to show that the power of discourse in education. Um, conceptually, this may seem like common sense, but the power of school discourses lies in their commonplace and commonsensical use, which, as Calderon points out, makes them difficult to challenge. Um, Calderon argues that through the use of specific terminology and strategic framework and um, through omissions, the school curriculums work to ensure the permanence of the settlers. Um, and to, as a definition, uh, the settlers, so it's, it's uh, colonial settlers uh, or settler colonialism. This is uh, acknowledgement that uh, the people who um, have settled on this land were the colonizers and, and continue. Um, this relationship continues as indigenous people continue to live here uh, with uh, the people who um, colonized uh, and then took over this land. Um, so she refers to the specific organizing system of thought and institutional practices uh, of the frameworks and omissions. Um, she refers to those as settler grammars. Um, so on page 318, she has a table uh, looking at um, the framework of indigenous absence. Um, which, in which settler societies uh, claim to be founded by migrant groups um, and they build new societies that are independent of their country's origins. And then the next part uh, is the indigenous presence where settlers rely on claims of superiority over the indigenous peoples that they displace. And um, settler societies then institute uh, political institutions which maintain um, the settler rule. Uh, so that's what we're looking at the settler aspect. Um, the absence and presence is um, constructing at uh, the act of construction of an absence in textbooks and standards. Um, so this is, for example, um, the fact that uh, most that school textbooks uh, discuss um, Native Americans in kind of the first chapters of the origin story of the Americans and um, through time they suggest that uh, Native Americans were eradicated and then fail to continue to uh, discuss these. Um, I did my own, uh, I, wrote, I, I wrote my own paper um, analyzing textbook and I wish I had the photos uh, to include in this presentation. However, uh, social distancing is preventing me from including the photos, so I will have to rely on um, description. Uh, so I, I looked personally at the history of live the United States through industrialism um, textbook. Uh, TCI brings something alive if you look for it. The managing editor was Laura Alavosis. Um, 
chapter one of this textbook was uh, the Native Americans was the title. Um, so that was the chapter that was dedicated to um, looking at uh, looking at Native Americans, obviously. Um, and then in the further chapters, as I analyzed, uh, there was very little, became very little mention um, here or there. And uh, pretty much the last mention was in the Andrew Jackson era, uh, which was the growth of American democracy when uh, Andrew Jackson is known for um, the removal of the Cherokee uh, and other tribes. So, um, after that point, it's made to seem as though um, there are no more Native Americans, uh, and uh, many people leave school believing that um, there either aren't any more Native Americans or that Native Americans only live in reservations. And I personally have come across this um, as I've had people uh, surprised when they find out um, that I'm Native American. Um, someone has congratulated me um, on being Native American. And I, my, my kindergarten teacher actually uh, told us that um, there were no more Native Americans. So um, unfortunately, these, this uh, absence, presence, construction does tend to be successful in giving people the impression that indigenous people no longer exist in this continent, which is, uh, I can attest, uh, very untrue. Um, so she also discusses the immigrant nation, um, this concept, which um, ties in the absence presence. So the idea of the immigrant nation, um, a lot of the textbooks uh, title Native Americans as um, the first immigrants. Uh, they continue this myth that all Native Americans immigrated via the land bridge approximately 10,000 years ago, which actively dismisses um, indigenous knowledge by saying that we don't know for sure what happened before settlers arrived because there's not a written record. Um, however, we have many indigenous stories uh, that tie in with um, what scientists and archaeologists have actually found. Um, also, they say in the textbook, in History Alive, it says that we don't have any idea what happened before because there's no written evidence, but scientists and archaeologists can give us a clue uh, as to what happened. Um, so they're, they're completely dismissing um, the, the evidence uh, and the stories uh, that continue to be told in this very strong oral history um, within nations that, that give an original origin stories. Um, and there actually were written records um, just because they didn't come in the written format that we're used to today, um, doesn't mean they didn't exist. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different uh, uh, evidence of that. There's also 
this there's also as Calderon also mentions um, and that I've come across having background in anthropology there's a lot of evidence within the scientific community uh, that Native Americans were here long before and came here through other means than the land bridge which didn't even exist during um, some of the times that uh, evidence has been found of um, settlements within uh, the American uh, continents. Um, so the textbooks are continuing to um, use this discourse uh, as a displacement um, of Native Americans. Um, they also, um, I also want to add that when they're um, talking, they use the, the term we in the narratives and that uh, completely uh, discounts the idea that there might be someone um, who's Native American who's reading the texts. Um, so I don't identify as the we when they're, when they're discussing in these ways. Um, this is another way in which Native Americans are uh, written in as actively created to be absent. So she also discusses this concept of empty lands. Um, so they tend to construct this idea that the lands were empty or unoccupied. Um, they were just there to be worked. Um, we're saying that um, the empty wilderness that the settlers came to. Um, giving the idea that um, it was just a lot of empty space and free, that was free for the taking. Calderon also mentions this idea of settler superiority, um, where settlers establish themselves as superior to Indians ideologically and then structurally, um, calling them childlike, and then uh, creating uh, policies and practices um, such as uh, domestic dependent nations in order to maintain um, this aspect. She says textbooks discuss um, manifest destiny, um, which is uh, I've heard actually commonly referred to. Um, that the idea that Europeans were destined to the destined to the lands in the United States. The textbooks present the clash between settlers and Indians as inevitable and as an end to Native Americans, who are usually not mentioned again in any later parts of the American timeline that is presented. Um, despite the ongoing settler expansion into indigenous territory, uh, which continues um, today as um, the government has um, continued, there's been uh, fights recently for, um, for instance, Apache lands um, in the last few years. Um, when the textbooks discuss cultural, do discuss cultural differences, there's an inherent value judgment in the language that they use. Um, although they don't explicitly describe indigenous cultures as bad, and the word primitive actually appears less frequently, although I have seen it, um, the textbooks also use the word we, 
which presumes that no Native Americans uh, would be using the book. Um, Calderon points out that the mainstream value of owning land creates a classroom atmosphere that presumes that Indians had to re be replaced to make room for the efficient use of land. So even if the superiority is not explicitly stated, um, it becomes uh, evident through the cultural interaction. Um, and then an example that I found in the History Alive textbook is, um, quote, because the French were more interested in furs than farming, they did not try to conquer the Indians and put them to work as the Spanish had done. Instead, the French made the Native Americans their business partners. So here we have use of a very active verb that determines um, or suggests that the Native Americans uh, had no agency within the decision to be business partners. Um, this was all uh, the, the French. Um, they made a decision and that's how it worked. Um, so they're taking agency away um, just by use of certain active verbs. Um, so pronouns and active verbs uh, fall within this settler grammars. Um, and another example uh, within the History of Life textbook is in chapter 14, uh, where they um, dedicated much of the chapter to Andrew Jackson. Uh, and of course, the title is Andrew Jackson and the Growth of American Democracy. So there are four pages that are dedicated just to how great um, Jackson was. And then a page that's dedicated to Jackson's Indian policy, uh, which calls him a frontier settler and a famous Indian fighter. Uh, so here it's really it's really kind of explicit that they are uh, laying out a discourse of um, settler superiority over the indigenous inhabitants. Um, they're really glorifying uh, this president who um, really was extremely destructive uh, to the native peoples with his policies of uh, removal and um, obviously <laughs> murder. Um, and then the fifth uh, grammar um, that she titles is the idea of territoriality, uh, which is the idea of empty lands. Um, so when she lists empty lands before, but territoriality she puts um, kind of as uh, terra nullis, um, or lands that are not exploited to their full extent. Uh, so in textbooks, there's a lot of times discussion that um, the that the Indians uh, didn't uh, think that the land could be owned, um, but the settlers um, had this concept of owning land and that the land should be worked. And, and since the Indians weren't working the land, um, they didn't need it. Um, so in uh, chapter 14 of History Alive, again, it discussed the so-called five civilized tribes. Um, they're called the civilized tribes um, because they took steps uh, to assimilate. Um, they found, um, they had the long, a long contact and found a lot of interest in um, some of the things that the settlers brought. So they adapted some of their culture in. Um, and they were also uh, very agricultural, although within chapter 14, um, it says that the 
five civilized tribes gave up hunting to become farmers. So this is incorrect, completely incorrect statement um, that is commonly uh, perpetuated within um, these textbooks. Uh, whereas the Cherokee especially were very agricultural people uh, long before and actually uh, contributed to um, the knowledge of the settlers. And ironically, it's actually within uh, the origin myth of America where you know our Thanksgiving myth is dependent on the fact that uh, the indigenous people, um, the Palatin, taught uh, the pilgrims how to grow corn and how to grow certain things in um, the land that was new to them. Um, so there's this disjuncture uh, uh, that Calderon uh, kind of discusses that they're um, they're just dis <laughs> discrediting their own uh, statements um, with these things. Um, and then this textbook also um, in chapter one, it talks about uh, the arrival of the Spanish settlers uh, who had a great impact on the native, this is a quote, native peoples of the borderlands of the Pueblo people. For example, they learned from the Spanish, the Pueblo people, for example, learned from the Spanish how to use new tools, grow new foods, and raise sheep for wool. In turn, the Indians introduced the Spanish to new techniques for growing crops in the desert soil. Um, so within the textbook, there's this idea that, um, that maybe, granted these are different tribes, but um, there's, they're saying this idea that Native Americans were not agricultural, but then giving examples of the ways that they were. Um, So why does it matter? Why are we including, um, why am I including this uh, reading? Um, so as future educators, we have the ability to be able to analyze um, the discourse within the materials and to help our students uh, to be able to read through the lines and um, pick out uh, the pronouns of uh, we versus they, um, which creates an othering concept for any people. Um, being described. Um, for um, discursive um, use of active verbs to imply that certain groups are superior to others. Um, and then big picture, why does this matter? Uh, within U.S. public schools, Native Americans have been and they continue to be portrayed as historical people without history. Current textbooks claim that not much is known about the people of the Western Hemisphere pre-contact because they have no written documentation. Therefore, we must rely on the work of archaeologists to tell the story. Um, but we, uh, indigenous peoples, have, have stories. Um, so any Native student within the classroom is feeling actively dismissed uh, with any of this material as it's being used. Um, and uh, LA, the LA area has the highest population of Native Americans in the country, uh, thanks to policies of relocation. Um, also little known fact. Um, so if you think that you're not going to come across Native people in the classroom, um, that's 
absolutely uh, not true and it needs to be considered. Um, this representation within the classroom also uh, continues the narrative that simultaneously excuses the violent consumption of lands while appropriating indigenous identity as a national marker to distinguish settlers from their colonial roots. Um, it's promoting this idea that uh, Native Americans were uneducated until they either vanished or they attended boarding schools. And these, these things um, result in um, what studies have shown as uh, that the Native American student population suffers in the public schools because of these things. Native Americans experience the highest drop of ra rate of dropouts the lowest matriculation and have outrageously high suspension rates. Um, and a recent study in San Diego showed um, that this was, um, the suspension rates were happening uh, for um, definitely uh, by reasons of bias uh, where Native Americans were being uh, targeted. Um, and even though several studies have shown that stereotyping adversely affects the well being of Native American students, um, a, a lot of uh, sports teams and uh, uh, have dropped the American Indian mascots, um, yet uh, textbooks continue to portray Native Americans as relics of the past and um, stereotype Native Americans, uh, um, the commercial stereotypes of Native Americans abound uh, throughout our culture. And in the in the complete present, why does this matter? Um, Native Americans are being left out of demographic data on the impact of the coronavirus across the US. Um, they're being included in uh, the other category, uh, which effectively eliminates us in the, in the data. Uh, so um, because they're we're considered, considered statistically irrelevant, um, uh, just not counted and, and that um, does a great disservice um, to everybody. Uh, by not being able to have the full story of uh, why this is happening um, because Native Americans uh, suffer from um, high rates of all of the underlying conditions um, that uh, we know uh, are uh, contributing to the death rates uh, from the coronavirus. Um, also being left out of the data means being left out of resource allocation. Uh, so as of now, the Navajo Nation has uh, 1,360 positive cases with an average age of 48 years um, and had 52 deaths of April uh, 23rd. So um, this is, um, it said that um, if Navajo Nation was a state, it'd be the third highest uh, in the country. Um, so this is something uh, that um, is, is, it matters to everybody. Um, when nobody is paying attention to um, this population of people. Um, and the discourses within the textbook um, are definitely linked um, to this uh, ignoring of the population of people because um, those populations effectively been written out. Um, so um, that's the reason why I bring in um, this concept of uh, settler grammars to give the ability to um, and hopefully encourage um, active, discursive um, critiques, um, looking very carefully at 
um, not just what the texts have to say, but how they are saying them. <laughs>